This week, our executive producer, Adam Kobeski, suggested we watch the movie Rampage, which is confounded by the fact that it hasn't even come out yet. But I guess as long as he wants us to watch an exciting animal adventure movie, we're going to watch Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, instead. Welcome to another episode of Cinematic Respect. I'm Charlie Wallace, and I'm your first co-host. And I'm Jessica Clare, your second co-host. So, Jessica, yes, today Charlie. we're actually watching uh, a movie for kids. Have we done that yet? I don't know that we have done that yet. I think this is the first one, and it kind of struck me as I was watching it that I was watching it as a 35-year-old adult <laughs> alone <laughs> by myself and drinking a beer. <laughs> well, at least you had a beer. I, yeah, I felt a little sad. If, if it makes you feel better, I watched it and I was sitting alone in my apartment <laughs> filling out Valentines that are, you know, totally meant for children as oh, well nice. for my coworkers. So, so a... it was really juvenile for me. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's an appropriate activity for <laughs> for watching this film. Yes. And the film this week is Homeward Bound, Cohen, The Incredible Journey. Exactly. And uh, with us today is one of the hosts of the Adam Sandler Please Stop podcast, Robert Bacon. Welcome to the show, Bacon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Uh, so I uh, I told Jessica I sent out a message on the front page of the internet, <laughs> Reddit. Real bold move, by the way, like asking for people from Reddit. Well, I'm glad I made the cut. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, yours was fun to listen to. I listened to a couple episodes today, actually. And so the premise of your show is that uh, you and your co-host watched Every Adam Sandler movie starting... Did you start with the first one? Yes. In theatrical release, and his first one is called Going Overboard. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, I remember it from going to like Blockbuster back in the day and just seeing it. <laughs> uh, and going through and picking uh, and, and just reliving. Like, Are the good ones as good as you remember? Uh, how bad are these ones that I have never seen? Spoiler, they're awful. <laughs> they're <laughs> awful. And then we've we've uh, we've finished that. We're all caught up. Uh, the next movie is going to be Hotel Transylvania three. Uh, we'll see that when it comes out. Unfortunately, uh, we've moved on to Kevin James films. Uh, so we went Adam Sandler. Please stop. Now it's Kevin James. Never start. <laughs> uh, we've uh, now recorded all the Kevin James episodes, and we have started recording Rob Schneider. Ah, uh, it's going to we'll go through. <laughs> it just gets. It gets worse and worse as the podcast goes on. I don't, I don't know why we did it. At first, it made sense. Uh, my other co-host name is Marie Maloney. We're both comedians and actors in Chicago, Illinois. We both kind of see how that style of comedy has leaked its way into what we consider real comedy uh, of what some people expect to see. Uh, and real lazy, real easy targets kind of stuff. We kind of watch it more of a, um, as a way to study like that style of comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just listened to your most recent episode, which was Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, which is almost impossible to say. Ooh, better than the original. <laughs> Cause I haven't seen that movie. Oh boy. I figured listening to the podcast would be a good surrogate for that. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it. Uh, All right, don't good. ever, you don't need to watch it. Yeah, the premise is we come on, we talk for like five minutes, then we watch the movie together, stop it every 30 minutes, and then we talk about what we just saw. So it's like fresh in our heads. We saw it together. We have what used to be an Adam Sandler stop card. 
of just like, stop, I need to talk about what just happened. <laughs> For Kevin James, we changed it to a plop card because uh, Kevin James. <laughs> and in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, there is an amazing scene, a scene of genius in a sea of stupidity. Paul Blart <laughs> accosts a man in a basement about some art, and he's like, is it okay if I eat my lunch? And this man pulls out the blackest banana, uh, <laughs> like a banana that's like, you wouldn't even use it for banana bread, <laughs> and bites into it and eats it, and it's so visceral and so funny and disgusting at the same time. I couldn't believe that it was in that movie. <laughs> it was genius. Pure genius. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of feel like you're, in some respect, you're saving the rest of us from having to... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I conceptually, I would think that Adam Sandler movies like I feel like there's enough of like a redeeming quality. There's like good things, you know, in the mix. I'm sure there's some terrible ones, too. But, you know, you have some things in there that you can be like, all right, this was, I don't know, some stuff to talk about. But yeah, the Kevin James and then Rob Schneider, I feel like there's going to be less and less. You're going to have to go to like Polly Shore next to like just keep <laughs> the descent like going. <laughs> yeah. I think. Oh, God. I think, honestly, Polly Shore has made more good movies than Rob Schneider or Kevin James. I'll go on <laughs> like, at least Polly Shore is a personality. He might be like a personality of his time and a character of his time, but mm -hmm. at least he represents a time period. Kevin, I don't understand what who finds Kevin James funny and what it is. I don't get it. He is a Fifth string, Chris Farley, at best. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you chose the movie Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Uh, had you seen this movie before? I saw this movie when it came out. So I was like 10, I think. And I remember loving it and then never seeing it since then. So I had no idea what I'm like. I know that animals go on an incredible journey. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> and I'm like, I think Michael J. Fox is the voice of one of the dogs. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, so it still counts with our premise. I mean, you basically remembered nothing, nothing about it. Yeah, <laughs> I did have flashbacks during it. Oh yeah, I mean, you basically remembered about as much as I remembered about this. Like, I had no idea why they were out in the forest for so long. Oh, and when I found Charlie. out, I was so. What were you doing with so your sad. with your youth? I saw this movie several times. <laughs> <laughs> Was this on constant rotation? Not a constant rotation, but I bet I've seen it. I mean, when I viewed it earlier today, that had to have been at least my fourth viewing. Oh, okay. Somewhere yeah. in that wow. neighborhood. But you have to keep in mind, too, that I have nieces and nephews. And so, like, I saw it, you know, probably when I was, like, 10 and then subsequent viewings with, with others. Yeah. I'm an only child, so I get one shot at a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that is is the, the essence of everything that's been wrong with you your whole adult life. <laughs> yes. It can all be traced back to that. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you want to give a plot synopsis? I can I give a plot synopsis. That, yeah. I can do that. I can do that. So basically, there's a family. They're adorable. They have, uh, there's three kids and each kid has a pet. So there are two dogs and a cat that are voiced by, uh, there's an older golden retriever of the oldest son and he's voiced by Don Amici. And then there's a little girl, and she has a Himalayan cat um, voiced by Sally Field. And then there's a little boy, uh, Jamie, who has a dog that's voiced by Michael J. Fox. And they're all very close and happy, with the exception of uh, the dog that's voiced by Michael J. Fox. He is um, a, a new acquisition to the mm -hmm. family, and he's 
clearly been to the pound at least once, maybe possibly a couple of times. And so isn't entirely all, you know, meshed in with the family quite yet. He's not as attached. And the new dad, uh-oh, stepdad <laughs> in the picture. So he has a temporary job in San Francisco and they can't really take the animals. So they leave them at this farm. And of course, the animals freak out that they've all left. It's after some period of time, the old dog decides they have to go home. And of course, they're going to cross like the Sierra. What was it? I don't even remember which mountain range now. Yeah, I think those are Sierra Nevada. I, oh, Sierra Nevada. That was going to say Sierra Nevada, and then I second-guessed myself. I shouldn't have. Anyways. There was yes. a whole scene, Jessica, where there was a map. And I the know, teacher and they the like map. hit the map with the pointer. I know. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> they got me. But <laughs> so the point is that the animals try to You've cross it. You've watched this movie five times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really embarrassed now. But the animals... <laughs> Try to cross the Sierra Nevada mountains, as you can imagine. There's all kinds of trouble for them to get in, but they 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 tie together, they overcome all obstacles, and make it home. Dun dun dun. I was just so disappointed in the reasoning they had for for leaving, which is that they thought that they were abandoned. Why did that bother you? So one of the very first scenes is they're having a part the the party right after the wedding, right? The reception. Yes. And there's two women talking about how the family is going to leave temporarily to go to San Francisco. If the animals had just known that one line or been able to understand that one line, then the whole they movie wouldn't they, have happened. I feel like they do a pretty good job of being consistent about the rules for the oh, fake no, no, animal no. communication. Is that the saying... animals do not understand yeah. what people are saying with the exception of like oh, yeah. home and like stay. <laughs> so when I say sad, I don't mean that I was upset with the movie. I, oh. I just felt really sad. <laughs> Okay, I misunderstood. I thought you were like irritated with the, no. with the, with the makers. Of I the think film. this would be a great way to introduce your children to dramatic irony. <laughs> I mean, that's just all over this movie constantly. Oh, it is one of those movies that is annoying because Shadow is like portrayed as being this super smart dog who mm-hmm. like knows everything that's going on. But yet, if they would have just stayed still for any part of the movie, it would have been over immediately. <laughs> Well, it's like watching, you know, I don't know if they're, I mean, this was years ago now, so this is definitely dating me, but there was like a stupid little video that was thing that was going around the internet that was like movies, if there had been cell phones in them, that like yeah. would not oh, have yeah. been a plot, like <laughs> home alone, they just call them the cell phone, like, hey, dude, we left you at home. Sorry about that. We'll be back in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then there's no movie. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know we need a movie, uh, and but there is mm, they don't understand English or humans, but for some reason, all of them know pop culture references. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're, they're able, yes, they do. You know, like because that's what that's what Chance is doing. Like ninety percent of the movie is just like sh- saying things. He knows that Batman exists because he says he's Bat Dog. Yeah. He knows that McDonald's and chicken nuggets exist. He he knows about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think if I had to pick one thing that became really tiresome in this movie, I would say it was all of the animal-related puns. I was on board for about the first half of the movie, and then I realized that was all of the dialogue. Oh, you know, like what? The curiosity killed the dog? Like that kind <laughs> yep. of nonsense? Oh, yeah. I respectfully disagree. The, <laughs> the puns were great if you, you can't make a movie like this <laughs> you, and like you have to fill it with puns so i mean i i'm gonna bridge the divide here between you two because yeah. generally i strongly dislike puns 
Okay. You can you can ask my boyfriend. He thinks they're hysterical and he loves to do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, shut up. Like puns are terrible. <laughs> but in a movie like this, I very much expect them. And so yeah. it didn't bug me because I'm like, well, of course they're gonna do cheesy puns. It's like meant for children. Yeah. The, I, I guess the problem I had with it is that I got to the point where I was tuning out the dialogue because I knew it wasn't important. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I will agree. There's so much. There's so much lines of dialogue that have that have no purpose. Mm-hmm. That don't really help the story. That have already kind of already been established, but they just need to be there to like work the kids through so they understand. Oh, so yeah. that yeah. that part does yeah. get annoying. No, that's true. And Jessica, you were talking about. So I don't know as much about the history of this as a yeah. Story. I didn't realize I was so educated about this relative to the <laughs> average to the average American, but apparently I am. So, um, yeah, the, the, the movie is based on a movie based on a book. So the novel was originally released sometime in the 50s or early 60s. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's a fictional story that, that was just kind of inspired by her and her husband's own three pets. And so uh, in 1963, Disney made it a movie just called The Incredible Journey. And it was a live action film like this with with animals, but there were no voiceovers. It was just a story back in the day when Disney or anyone expected children to have the attention spans long enough to sit the (laughs) hell still and just watch it because it was on. (laughs) Um, And so then, yeah, kind of reframing it for this one. I think there is at least something interesting to, to talk about because you can assume that the motivation would be somewhat similar in the first movie. The same idea that the animals, you know, thinking they're abandoned or whatever, need to get back to their humans. And so they, they go on this incredible journey. But with this one, obviously, they give it way more story. Like, you know, that the one dog is new and the other one is all old and wise. And, mm-hmm. you know, the older dog and the cat have are clearly like really close like closer than a dog and cat normally would be in a household and you have a new family, blended family and you know all of that. So I mean they they had to give it a little bit more, I think. Yeah, and now that you mentioned that the original movie didn't have any dialogue in it, I probably would have been bored with that. <laughs> I'm just being honest about myself. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, the animals didn't have dialogue. There were humans that had dialogue, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I I don't know. It was, I feel like it's solid. I mean, it was exactly what I kind of remembered, even though I haven't seen it in quite a long time. It was it was what I remembered. It was what I was expecting. The stupid ending where I'm like, yeah, I'm 36 years old. And yeah, you made me get a little glassy eyed, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not saying that's not charming. This, like the film wouldn't work at all. Because that's its its number one thing is that it's charming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I was smiling most of the time. Earlier today, um, I was looking up things and uh, I did see a review by Roger Roger Ebert um, talking about this movie, and he describes being in the movie theater and suddenly realizing that he's like he didn't realize he was going to a film that was meant for children, and he's like surrounded by like kids and families and things like that, oh, and he's yeah. like, oh crap essentially and he's like you know it starts off and it's voiceover and you're like oh my gosh like why am i here and he said much to you know his surprise like over the course of it he goes i actually got hooked by the story and i actually started caring and i really ended up liking it (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and so (laughs) it does have some kind of hook at least yeah Mm -hmm. so what was the what would you say is the most emotional scene for you in this movie because there's a lot there's a lot of different oh, ones man. that can pull your heartstrings oh yeah oh there's easily 
I'm in, I'm embarrassed about what I'm about to say. <laughs> I like cats and dogs. I prefer cats. I have a cat. She is rubbing on the microphone right now, and I'm just trying to push her away. Uh, the scene, oh boy, it's like an old movie, Back to the Future, when Marty's waking up and he's getting his uh, forehead toweled and he realizes it's his mom. The When Sassy the cat gets thrown over the <laughs> waterfall and is found by that charming old man who just wanders the woods looking at birds and <laughs> lives in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and he's just a good old man and he comes across this kitten and saves it brings it back to life <laughs> but that scene is he's he has a little towel and he's like toweling off her little forehead <laughs> like she's a person <laughs> and i'm like this is adorable i love everything about this movie i wish this movie was about Sassy the cat and this old woodsman. <laughs> well, we don't know how much time has passed, so potentially you could put an entire movie in between. Yeah. <laughs> I got more upset when she just leaves the woodsman. And I'm like, oh, the poor old guy. He thought he got a <laughs> kitty cat. And now just took off in the woods. <laughs> That's where you're meant to be, Sassy. Where's the love and respect, man? I mean, he nursed her back to health. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, for me, it's the reason because I I do okay for the most part. I'm not a big crier with movies. Like I don't tend to. I mean, again, glassy eyed, but not like tearful. Um, but yeah, with this one, it's it's the it's the end. The fact that the old dog is injured and can't get out of the stupid like pit, and so him limping. And I don't know how you make a dog limp for a scene, uh-huh. <laughs> but like him limping over the hill and like oh man, I was like oh. You guys suck. <laughs> totally all glassy-eyed because of this stupid scene because he's so happy and it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That was my favorite animal acting moment of the entire movie. Seriously, was it's like, impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess you could you could teach a dog to limp like you could teach them to do you know, sure. a lot of other things, I'm but sure it's not can. something, I, well, I know, but it's not something I think about either. Yeah. So I was kind of wowed by it too. It's like, oh yeah. It reminded me of, uh, he was like kind of pulling a Kaiser Soze. <laughs> Where he was like limping a little bit, and then the limp just starts to go away, and then he's running full speed. And, then he runs full speed too. <laughs> and just like that, it disappeared. <laughs> he just Willy Wonka that kid. Like yeah, the scene for me was right before that when he was in the pit, yeah. like with covered with mm. mud. Yeah, I got yeah. a little bit misty so out there. So close to and he home. Get yeah. out. And he gave up, and he was the one who doesn't. Who doesn't ever give up? No, he's yeah. all about like duty. Yeah. And I also had uh, a golden retriever growing up, and just seeing a dog like that covered in mud just made me upset too. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean the animal acting overall was fantastic. I thought. Oh yeah, I mean they all did a great job, and there were just a lot of scenes of just expression scenes too. It's like oh, I kind of sit down here and look sad, and kind of look over this precipice and look happy and. I, I mean, I imagine they probably had to shoot like three times oh, as yeah. much time of just animals looking around <laughs> <laughs> to be able to get, you know, to pieces together. Well, I don't know how they did the scene where the cat is in the water, but that that disturbed me. I oh. was wondering that this whole when I watched it, too, and I'm like, you know, I want to point out that I never saw a disclaimer in this film about whether or not animals were harmed in the, the making of this film. No. It's the very first thing in the credits, I think, as they like, usually it's at the very end, 
Yeah. Like it's the last thing they say, but I think for this one, at least on the version I saw, it was mm-hmm. like the Humane Society oversaw this movie and everything was done perfectly. Oh, or, good. You know, whatever they say. Um, but the cat, I was paying attention to that too. And I think what they did is the scenes where you see the cat swimming are in close up, mm-hmm. where like it could have yeah. been in like a tank Anything. of water or something yeah. like that. And then the scenes that are farther away, I think it's actually, you know, a, just a stuffed animal stuffed equivalent animal type thing. Whatever, yeah. yeah. I think that's how they did it. But the dogs were in the river. I just don't think the cat was in the river. I don't know how they did. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure you can do it, but I don't know how that dog didn't rip out his little fake porcupine quills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so well done. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. was. It was impressive. Or yeah. to have a cat bite at the lip of a dog. <laughs> when she was yeah. trying to take out the porcupine quills, she just yeah. bites his lip and like pulls, pulls it. it. And, like, and he just sits I, there. I don't know a dog in the world that would not lose it (laughs) in one way or another they were very well trained yeah (laughs) it was impressive i guess this is what they do for a living but still we can be impressed like any other actor i did like some of the throwaway dialogue like like when the two dogs are by themselves and they're talking they're like reminiscing about hot dogs (laughs) (laughs) like some of the stupid things that they're like what would dogs talk about like (laughs) let's throw this in (laughs) That was so well done. And then it's like, oh, when they fall on the floor, when they fall on the floor, they taste better mm-hmm. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's the charm of the movie. It's like every line is kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it feels real. Uh, I do think that the animal acting um, surpassed the the human child acting. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the first note I wrote down. This is just a family of wieners. Like they're all... <laughs> They're all such wieners. Like, they're all, especially the oldest kid. I mean, that kid has never done anything bad in his entire life. (laughs) Oh, boy, my best friend's my dog. Oh, I can't wait to change schools and not make a big stink about it. (laughs) And the dad's a wiener, and the mom's a wiener. They're so happy. The little kid's a little wiener. The little kid's funny, though, because... He forgets about the animals instantly. Like every scene you see him, and he's so happy. It's like, oh, I had, I had a dog. Okay. <laughs> and then also, his lines don't make any sense. Like they did a great job of writing the lines for the animals, but then when it was time for that little kid to say stuff, he was saying lines that you would hear out of like a twenty-year-old man. <laughs> He said something about like con- like something about contemplating or like, do you think that this? I'm like, no child has ever said. That. <laughs> see, and for me, I, the boys bothered me less than the little girl. I felt like she was just, like overacting her little butt off. Oh boy, yeah, she was a little intense yeah. for me. But yeah, no, that like you said, the family. It's it's like. And I'm going to make a comparison to an excellent movie, so don't get me wrong here. But the very first time I saw Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, you know, Sydney Poitier, like, amazingness or whatever. It's so good. But as I'm like, oh, my gosh, the only thing that's wrong with this man she's bringing home is the fact that he's black. Like, he is perfect in every other sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he's well-educated. He's insanely polite. And he's, like, I don't know, like, honorable. And all of these things, like, everything a parent would want someone to bring home with the exception of the fact that that he's black. But just unbelievably perfect. Mm-hmm. And I felt like each member of the family was supposed to kind of be that. They were, like you were saying, they're all, nobody's ever done anything wrong. They're all inc- <laughs> extremely well-intentioned and incredibly kind and thoughtful and, yeah. Yeah, this is the first thing that they have ever done wrong. Is... 
understand, like, the dad had to move for a temporary time to San Francisco. Why doesn't this, the dad go and the family stay behind instead of uprooting them all, changing schools, oh, leaving yeah. your dog at a farm? Yeah. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. I also enjoy that in this movie, the biggest present day actor or actress is Gene Smart, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the yeah. actress that at the farm <laughs> or the woman who runs the farm. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously the dad or whatever was an airplane. But aside from that, did yeah. he done anything else that was like really recognizable? Right. I mean, <laughs> she was great. Do you guys think there was anything between her and that dude that came to look after her animals when she was gone? I don't know. Intrigue. Maybe. <laughs> he didn't go yeah. with her on the cattle drive, though. Yeah. I mean, if they were, if yeah. he was really committed, he would have shown him for the cattle drive. That's true. And plus, I think, uh, I think there might be some tension between them now that he let say, the animals yeah. escape. If he was making inroads, it's all gone now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was. The entire time I'm thinking, it's like he's only going there to check over it because he's got the hots for. He really <laughs> to get with her. He's like, "This is it, Jim. You got it. You know, just do some favors for her. She'll see you're a nice guy. Maybe she'll finally go out to dinner with you. Everything's gonna be great. Everything's that's coming shit. up, Jim. Yeah. And then when those, oh man, when he lost those dogs, he's like, "It's done." All my years of prep. I lost a dogs and a cat. Why a cat was left outside in the middle of nowhere. Nobody I have no knows. idea. And I love how they were just given totally like, you know, here's some chickens. Here's like, I don't know, various other animals. Like, well, we'll just mix them all together. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> and there's no follow up either. So we don't know what happened between them. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so I, I, I have another one that was definitely like, it's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a reason for the animals to get back in contact with people. But this lost little girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The yeah. lost girl. Yes. So they're out in the middle of the woods and they're trying to find their way home. And they come across a lost little girl who's, fa- I mean, Four? must have been camping. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And well, and that's my question. Where are her negligent parents? <laughs> right. So they save her by basically finding the search party and bringing them back to her. But, yeah, it's just... <sighs> And she's the cutest little. It's like the uh, the this blonde haired, blue eyed, mm-hmm. adorable little chubby cheeked little girl, little girl who has you know just the lost. just the perfect amount of dirt rubbed on her cheeks so that you know yes. that she's lost and scared. <laughs> <laughs> and she does what any little girl would do: goes and lays down in some mud, like <laughs> like underneath the thing and cries. Yes. But that Shadow, part is so random. Okay, I will say too nowhere. though that I found it just uh, just awfully endearing. Like I, 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 despite myself, I found it super endearing when like they have you know Shadow, the older dog, like go up to her and you see her flinch because she doesn't know you know what kind of dog it is or mm-hmm. it's going to be aggressive or whatever. And he's talking to her, not that she could hear him, and he's like, <laughs> no, he's like, I'm a good dog. Like he's like, good dog, see you. I don't remember what he says, whatever. But I'm like, oh damn it, you're cute. Like it's just. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, she actually wasn't, and she wasn't a bad actress. No, no. it was very good. No, I also liked that. Like he goes off to find the search party, and he tells Sassy to keep her warm, and the cat just like goes up and crawls on top of her. Just, yeah, this is, this is fantastic. I like, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I guess the kid had the function of basically extending the movie, and then getting another fun ironic scene where they could have been saved just by staying at the. Oh. That's agonizing for me. (laughs) The worst, worst ever is when Shadow stops and feels like, I feel like I should go back. And they're like, to the pound? Like, you're ridiculous. And I'm like, turn around, turn around. (laughs) (laughs) There's few times in movies where you're like wishing for the heroes of the film to fail. And this is one of them, of them escaping. (laughs) You're like, please catch them. 
<laughs> you're, you're on. I'm always on like the dog catcher side. I'm like, catch that dog, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and they make the dog catcher like such a oh, jerk, too. It's like every <sighs> every terrible like family film, like the villain has to be like fat and stupid mm-hmm. in order for it to be okay mm-hmm. yeah. that they're like bested. And it, and it, and he's like, you know what? I hate animals. You know what I want to do? Go hang out with them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he does it because he hates animals. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just likes to. Talk, I don't know. And it, that that part was weird. But them yeah. escaping was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And, um, I mean, they did have that cat like crawl up a chain link fence and open that <sighs> gate. Oh yeah. The, How? Like, I was like, they probably, I don't know how much time they spent teaching this cat to do this. Four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but it had to have been, it had to have been a chunk of time. Yeah. And then one of the lines that bothered me, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know what my problem is, <laughs> was when she was walking along the rafter to oh, go up to the calls? cage. Yeah. And the dogs were cat calling her. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. all right, I understand the pun you're going for. <laughs> Yeah. But why are the dogs cat calling a cat? <laughs> Maybe they've just been in there a really long time. Yeah, man. They haven't seen a lady in a while, <laughs> all right? Yeah. They're pent up. I mean, you know, just for comparison, when you see the inside of the pound and Lady and the Tramp, it's not much different, man. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll grant you it's all dogs, I think. If I remember correctly, it is all dogs. But yeah, no, that's it's, it's a little shady underbelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part a lot. <laughs> oh, it's cheesy. I uh, see. And my it issue was so cheesy and stupid. I'm like, God dang it! Come on. <laughs> All right. See, and then she and... said, "I'm getting cat called." I'm like, <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore. Under, yeah. Well, the kids need to. Oh yeah, that's a cat call. <laughs> Mommy, Mommy. What, what is cat calling? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They don't even know. Never mind. Stupid line. Didn't need to be said. <laughs> But my issue is how she gets into it. I'm like, okay, so you are a pound or an animal shelter of some variety, and there's an open screen on a window. I mean, just just open. Yeah. No problems. We have all kinds of animals in here that aren't trying to escape. Well, they're not, they're not, not the most competent animal shelter at all. True. Well, no, because first they built it in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's like true. They get taken. They get taken to an animal shelter in the in the woods and mountains. That true. doesn't make any sense. And then immediately they try, they lose the cat. <laughs> yeah, like yes. immediately. <laughs> I did find it entertaining. I mean, I totally understand why why it was used, but I did find it mild, mildly entertaining that, all right, the dogs and the cats, we have voiceovers, they're communicating, they're not moving mouths, thank goodness, I hate that. And so, mm-hmm. you, you, know, they, you know, they don't need to be moving their mouths at all to be speaking to one another. But Shadow gets a muzzle put over his snout, and then he's muffled. <laughs> And I totally get it because you're trying to show that it's distressing. And I totally mind it. But I'm like, he doesn't. But it, this is like telepathy. Like, we don't really yeah. need this. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Uh, I mean, obviously, the kids are heartbroken. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. The kids are heartbroken. They move to new school. Then they get the call that their animals are okay and they get to go pick up their animals. And then they show up. In the like, the no most animals. like. We're the most amazing tight knit family. Look at all of us all together, like so happy in the car singing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> it was. It was a little much. But I was like, yeah, no. I mean, I I would say I have an abnormally tight knit family. I can't. I can't say that there was. You know, everybody's singing all together harmoniously in the <laughs> car. Like, 
Well, there wouldn't be a bunch of wieners. Exactly. Unless they were singing. <laughs> unless they were singing. What song are they even singing? Over and over? Oh, um, the witch doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The witch doctor, witch doctor song. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> who sings that? <laughs> no. White bread America? Kids, I don't know. Going through a divorce. Or at the best, a divorce because right. at the worst, their dad died. <laughs> I know. Uh, and then they get married. Now they have to move to San Francisco, a new city, new school. I assume they have their pets taken away from them. The pets get lost. They work hard by putting together a, a completely 1993 printout. Oh, that was amazing. Like these, that was so good. I when really he called did enjoy the that. Printer ancient. He's like, "Come on, you ancient thing." <laughs> <laughs> and. So, yeah, I thought the family stuff was the weakest part, but especially with the father, I think there was supposed to be this storyline about him not feeling like he was part of the family. Until, and then this mm-hmm. is how he redeems himself is by finding the animals. Well, but at the end of the movie, like, they obviously they're like, wait for it. One of them's going to call him dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't found the animals, though. I know. But see, that's the point. He He's earned his way into their hearts without finding the animals. Just the mere act of trying to find the animals hmm. okay. made it made it okay. We know you care, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that little girl was like missing love in her heart so much after a cat got missing that she just needed something. She's <laughs> like, the void. Dad, I need something I need something grounded in my life right now. This is awful. <laughs> I'm a hop skip and a jump from a facial piercing and a lower back tattoo. Help me out <laughs> <What>? now. <laughs> These kids are acting so good considering all that's happening. <laughs> it's true. It's very I would have been true. losing my mind if someone lost my pet. <laughs> oh. But yes, then the yeah, the ridiculous victory at the end of them all coming over. I did think it was sweet. I did like the, you know, inserting the story into it so that you have um chance to be the first one to come back and that he's excited to see his boy, to see mm-hmm. Jamie. Um yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Put a little bow on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially what you what you've described the book and the older movie, I it makes it a little bit easier to appreciate what they are trying to do is they're trying to add a framework that holds us up mm-hmm. better than you know just narration and no voice work whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty successful in doing that. Like the farther back I get from it and look at it, like I have my quibbles, but I always do. <laughs> but I, I think overall it worked really well. And I don't know my ten year old the ten year old version of me really liked it. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have been nice to watch this with a kid, probably, instead of just by myself. I watched it with my dog, so <laughs> yeah, that that's for something. You. Yeah, You're yeah. like, see, you have it pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the voice acting also allowed them to like completely improvise whatever they had on film for some lines of, like when Chance runs into that tree full bore, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they keep it, and they just add in a line, of, like, oh, tree! <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I never really. Uh... There's a point too when he's running and he totally like kind of biffs it into like 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 a yeah. gopher hole or something, or at least that's yeah, what they he have goes, him say. Hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just you know in that like awkward kind of being an adult dog, but not quite in that very awkward clumsy stage. Mm-hmm. Works. Yeah, I, I wanted. I kind of wanted more of that, like of explaining why the animals are doing what they're doing, because uh, I love that so much. But I could they they wanted to keep it probably like as clean and as structured as possible. Probably not a lot of improv in there. It's funny to me too, watching this now. So a lot of the humor, a lot of the little jokes and things that are stuffed in there are, are, are definitely aimed at like a child, like demographic. Um, and watching, having watched a lot of movies recently with young children, 
Um, stupid lines like when Chance gets hit in the face with the porcupine's tail. He's like, he bit me with his butt. I I kept firsthand <laughs> knowledge of a five-year-old and a seven-year-old who would have been like weak with laughter at this because the concept of something biting somebody else with its butt, it would just be like, oh my gosh, off the charts funny. And we would talk about it for like 20 minutes afterwards. Like, so I think that while as an adult, I'm just like, yep, yep, haha, ha. And like you move on. Like a lot of this would have for kids anyway, you know, been great. I remember that which one of you are regular and which one of you are extra crispy. <laughs> when I heard that line again, when he's yelling at the chickens, I'm like, I remember that was hilarious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so competent. They did such a great job of filming the animals. The writing is great. The, you know, the voice acting is fantastic. It, they did some great pa- like practical effects. I saw that scene where that cougar gets launched into the river, you know, even though it's totally fake, <laughs> it's it, totally passable. Yeah, 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 it works. And totally passable. A lot of a lot of nice wilderness scenes too. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah. If you're mm-hmm. looking at the That's cinematography, it was actually pretty neat. You can tell they actually shot like outside, not and not on a set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was really that part. I, yeah, I agree with you. It was very, very well done. So, uh, Bacon, overall, yes. What do you think of the movie? Overall, I think it's a movie. If I ever have kids one day. Uh, hopefully not. Uh, but if I do, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a movie that I think I would show them. I think it's uh, full of charm and whimsy, and it's a lot of fun. I think the voiceover acting is is fantastic. I think how they got the animals to do that was also amazing to me. I love how the mouths don't move. I think that makes it, uh, you know, a little little bit more timeless. Would I be watching it again? <sighs> I probably won't ever watch this again unless I have children. I don't know. I like it. If you remember it from your childhood, you might enjoy it. Uh, if you don't remember it from your childhood, uh, there's probably other things that you could that you might enjoy more. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, agreed. Yeah, that's my hard opinion. I liked it. <clears throat> like I said, I hadn't seen it in a while, but I've definitely seen it multiple times before. But it was what I remembered. Yep, I'd say top twenty percent of children's movies I've seen. I I will say um, it is a little bit more entertaining to me. So. As a kid, even by the time, I don't know, like probably even when I saw this or certainly like the, you know, the second or third viewing kind of thing, I knew who Sally Field and Michael J. Fox oh, were. Yeah. I didn't necessarily know mm-hmm. who Don Amici was. And so being an adult and being like, and what I know Don Amici from is like trading places. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know young Don Amici. I know like dirty old Don Amici. <laughs> and so it's funnier to me like thinking of it that way, you know, being like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. It helped me, too, when I was watching it to just pretend that uh, Chance was really just an experiment that Doc Brown messed up and my <laughs> body is trapped into it. <laughs> A cross between Back to the Future and, like, Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah, geez. Same universe for me. It's all the same universe. So, Bacon, you've watched a movie that we thought you should watch. Uh, now's your opportunity to recommend something to the rest of the world you think they should experience i got uh, i got two things one definitely if you've enjoyed wolf of wall street you'll really enjoy i Tanya. obviously different directors but it has that same style and feel i really really enjoyed i Tanya. i think it's funny and sad at the same time i think it's aggressive and in your face about what it is the acting is fantastic the story is so well done. It's shot beautifully. Uh, it's a fun movie to watch. It's so much fun. 
Really like that. Suggest checking that one out. Also, there's a new series that just started on Showtime called The Shy. Uh, full disclosure, one of my buddies is on it. His name <laughs> is Tosin. I've only I'm only three episodes in. Uh, he's one of the he's one of the bad guys. Uh, so I haven't really seen him yet. But it is if you guys like The Wire, it's kind of like The Wire, but it takes place in Chicago, where it has multiple characters and multiple. Uh, it's really kind of more about the uh, environment than it is about one specific character. Mm-hmm. And it's so well shot and so well acted. It's amazing. I don't know. You totally uh, caught my attention. I'm a yeah. big fan of The Wire. So being in Chicago, do you is that part of what uh, attracts you to that show a lot? It's like, does it capture the area pretty well? Uh, it does. It does. It capture. They shoot it all on the south side of Chicago. I probably would have watched it if it wasn't because it was also pitched to me as like The Wire, but in a different city. Ah. So, I mean, I might be a little bit biased because I live here, um, <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's really, really well done. Cool. Um, so, Jessica, I'm going to ask you because I'm still thinking. Oh, man, you stole my move. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about uh, kid movies that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, like this, and I remember a movie that's not Disney. I actually don't can't remember who made it. Uh, from our childhood, called The Brave Little Toaster. Does oh, anyone yeah. remember yes. this movie? Uh-huh. And it's yes. similar in concept to like this kid or this. Well, he's now like going off to college, or but he has all this stuff, like inanimate object stuff that. They're sad that he's left, and they're trying to find him. And so it very much reminded me of this. <laughs> and it's the same idea. Like, you know, you tell yourself, and this, I mean, it's an easy hop to be like, yes, my animals miss me when I'm gone. And that's, like, sad. But you shouldn't also have to worry about your inanimate objects missing you when you're gone. <laughs> and being, like, jealous that you, like, got a new toaster or whatever. It shouldn't be heartbreaking. It's paralyzed. There's with a inaction. toaster. An electric blanket. <laughs> yeah. a light. There's a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and all I, th- all I think is that if you are affected by this movie, if you truly believe that all your stuff is going to miss you, you're just going to end up a hoarder. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Mm. What have you been watching lately? That's awesome. Well, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast proper. I just watched. A Futile and Stupid Gesture on Netflix, which is, it's a David Wayne movie, and he's the same guy who direct. he was in the state, and he also directed um, uh, the What Happened American Summer okay. movie and, and then television. The, the show, yeah. yeah. But it stars uh, Will Forte as one of the two guys who started uh, National Lampoon magazine, and talks about a little bit about the making of Caddyshack and things like that, and his him dealing with depression over the years but it has it has a lot of fun stunt casting of current comedians doing their impressions of older comedians like john belushi or chevy chase uh bill murray so it's kind of fun it's a fun watch and it's, it takes it has a really interesting conceit i guess i'll say i don't want to have any spoilers mm-hmm. for it so i just watch the movie till the end it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun um anyway thank you very much bacon for being on the show why don't you remind us what your podcast is and how people can find you uh thanks so much for having me this was super fun uh gave me an excuse to watch that movie again hey uh, you could find uh my podcast adam sandler please stop at adam sandler please stop.com or we're on itunes stitcher pocketcast all that stuff and i have another podcast that we are starting back up after a little hiatus uh called mistakes were made 
where one of us will do research on a historical topic. We just got a guy who teaches history, so he's going to be doing all the research and telling it to us. Like, neither of us are very good at history. Uh, we're just two comedians, and we respond. It is a 100% ripoff of a podcast called The Dollop, where okay. they do the exact same thing. <laughs> Uh, but we like that one so much and we think that we have uh, like a slight twist on it that we think it's a lot of fun. So that uh, check that one out. That I one's totally called love that. Yeah. <laughs> we did one on a guy who, in, the guy who tried to invent the first like wearable parachute where, <laughs> and, and, and I explain like go, go through everything. I'm just like all the things that he tried. And then the last thing that he did was he decided to test it in front of a giant group of people by jumping off the Eiffel Tower, the like the first base part of it. Yeah. And yeah, he just he just dies. He just straight up just Ooh. flies and hits the ground. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of warning signs. Uh, he was a dum dum. So <laughs> there's all kinds of uh, awful dumb mistakes in history that we like to talk about, and yeah. it's it's a uh, I find that to be very fun. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter. It's either, I think it's Taste the Bacon uh, <laughs> is my Twitter handle. And I'm on Instagram if you want to follow me on Instagram at Delicious Bacon. There you go. Well, that wraps it up. Thanks so much for joining us. We had a great time. Hope you really enjoyed it. Tune in next time when we'll be introducing another friend to one of our favorite movies. See you then. Does it in the second one? Do they do they come back in the second one? Is oh, that that's what the a, second movie is about? I don't, I, I don't know. I, in fact, I didn't know there was a <laughs> sequel until today. So when I was leaving work to go home to watch the movie, I said I was going to watch this movie. And one of my coworkers was like, oh, I liked the second one better when I was growing up. And I'm like, hold on, what? hold on, hold on. There's a second one? <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I will admit I don't know anything about the uh, Homeward, Homeward Bound 2, except that I, I hear it takes place in San Francisco. I'm going to make a prediction. Homeward Bound 2 is the Home Alone 2 of the Homeward Bound series where it's the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a safe. I feel like that's a safe bet. Right? They have to go on a journey, right? Yeah. Only this time they have to take the From one uh, side of San Francisco cars. to the other. <laughs> they have to take a trolley car. It's exactly. really quick. Yep. It's a 15-minute movie. <laughs>